0: Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. You know, one of my favorite features of my iPhone 12 is its wireless charging and its MagSafe magnetic back. I was looking for a mount for my car that could hold my phone and charge it at the same time. Luckily for me, my boys over at Phone Zone hooked it up with a sleek magnetic mount charger. Imagine the look on my friends' faces when I pull out my sexy iPhone 12 and slap that bad boy onto the magnetic mount. And if that's not enough sauce, when they hear that sound and realize that it's also a charger... Uh, they look at me like I'm a god In fact, I love the attention so much I headed on over to Carphone Zone myself And picked up a leather multifunctional car seat organizer Now whenever I pick up a girl for a date She'll see how organized I am as soon as she hops in the whip And she'll take a look at the magnetic mount With the fully juiced up iPhone 12 Uh, Always ready to go So go ahead and check out CarphoneZone.com For all your car and phone accessory needs And Carphone Zone is hooking it up fast Ricker and Bond listeners get a 15% discount when they use code PODCAST at checkout. That's PODCAST, all capital letters, 15% off store-wide. And you know they got that free shipping. Don't even play. Carphonezone.com. Check them out now.
1: yo 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 yo! what's up everybody it's your boy Vaughn jen doing a little solo episode today a little mini friday episode for you for the weekend but we got a lot crammed into this one it's gonna be a lot we're talking about why you lost your life savings in the stock market this week and last week square buys Title for some reason Ark lost all of its gains in 2021 um uh, what else do we talk about Uh, a lot of stuff dr seuss is racist and uh facebook is using your pictures on instagram to train ai algorithm it's going to be nuts so sit tight
0: and let's hop into the episode
1: Welcome to a brand new spanking episode of Ricker and Bond. My name is Bond, doing the show a little solo today because our good friend Ricker is, I don't know what's going on. He just said he didn't have electricity. I didn't dig any further, but you know, the show must go on. Um, I don't know if today's going to be a full episode, might be be a one, two trimester. We'll see uh, how much I have to talk about but I just want to jump straight into it the only thing I really want to talk about is the bloodbath that's going on right now that is the stock market we're gonna dive into why you're losing all your money why your 401k is gone while your Bitcoin is being destroyed I'm gonna let you know that it's all gonna be okay or not uh, but we'll see but first everybody get comfortable uh, make sure you clean the gunk out of your ears because you're not going to want to miss what is happening in today's episode and take some notes because this is going to be some good stuff that we're going to be sharing and when you're talking to your friends, you're going to sound really smart. So let's jump into it. First of all, the stock market. It's disgusting right now. Um, every Everything is down across all sectors. Um Dow futures down 0.19%, S&P futures 0.25%, NASDAQ futures 0.38%. Um, literally everything, 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 everything. Uh Just the regular NASDAQ. Um, let me, NASDAQ price. The regular NASDAQ is down 2.11% today. So this is what a lot of investors has been have been referring to as the great tech sell-off, and it's actually starting to look a little bit worse than a year ago when the pandemic began. Also, um, important to note that it is about a year since the pandemic started becoming a thing, so uh, happy pandemic um You know, I talk a lot about how I strongly regret not knowing what I know now back then and taking advantage of the 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 power of options trading but now since i have this knowledge and the market is tanking again i made a mistake by not setting aside enough capital to actually invest in this so yeah i kind of screwed myself there and i don't have any i can't sell anything because everything's down uh so yeah i really uh really messed up there but anywho let's get into it um I want to start with our good friend, Kathy Wood, from ARK Invest, CEO. Uh, She has some really good insight as to what's going on. Uh, She is one of the smartest ladies on the planet and one of the most successful traders of 2020, because, mostly because of Tesla. If you're unfamiliar with Kathy Wood, she is the leader of ARK Invest. Solely has seen disruptive innovative technology. She has five or six actively traded ETFs, so they're not hedge funds. Um, they're actively traded every day. She lets you know what she's buying and selling every day, when she's taking profits, when she's holding. Uh, so yeah, she's she she, she knows she knows what's up. Anyway, so she describes this period as, uh, she says the bull market is broadening. So all of 2020. Most of the capital was focused on uh, these these tech stocks, these growth stocks, and not so much on the value stocks like Walmart, I don't know, ExxonMobil, Disney, you know, stuff that your grandma would invest in. But most of the money was going to these uh, growth stocks, Tesla, Apple, Facebook, Microsoft, these, these tech stocks that were leading the – basically leading the innovation throughout the pandemic, right? So she said – too much capital was pushed into these uh, few companies very early on. I gotta turn off the AC. Too much capital was pushed into these few companies very early on, and uh, that's why everything shot up so much. And now that capital is being spread out, which is good in the long term because you know you don't want to have too much uh, too much concentration. But, um. On the macro level, what's really going on here is uh, inflation and bond yields, and I'm going to explain what that is. So, right now, this is according to Kathy, record shorts were placed on the bond market, and she said she looked back about 20 years, and investors are very, 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 very bullish I mean, bearish about the bonds right now, so that means the yields are going up, which means that. Investors believe that the economy in the future is going to be experiencing massive inflation. It's going to get too hot. And as a result, the Fed is going to raise interest rates. So the market is responding to that today by doing a quick sell off of all these value stocks. But because these value stocks are so heavily concentrated, and a lot of ETFs um, it's basically bringing the price of everything down so too long didn't reversion investors are afraid that there's gonna be massive inflation economy is gonna get too hot so they are pulling on their money right now um, so how long will this bloodbath sell-off last um, hopefully a couple weeks but honestly who knows So the market is leading the Fed right now because the Fed needs to keep the economy under control. When the economy gets too good, the Fed starts to worry about massive inflation. So what they do is they raise interest rates, which makes it harder to take out a loan. Um, And then when the economy is bad, um, the opposite happens. So basically the market is just responding to... The end of the pandemic, the economy is about to boom. So there is a big sell off right now because inflation is really bad. And when I tell you that the sell off is real, I lost, I lose about ten percent of my portfolio per day. Ten percent per day. Um, that's not true. I lost ten percent today. This past week I lost eight percent. This past month I'm down twenty six percent. A month ago I was ten thousand dollars richer, just about. So how do you think I feel about all this folks? The majority of these majority of my money is tied up in call options for global star. Um if I get out of this alive, I am never, ever, 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 ever gonna put most of my money into call options again. Because I don't have a lot of uh just regular stock. So I'm kinda of just holding on to these horseshit call options until You know the market actually corrects itself, goes back up, and then these will be worth something. But right now, negative three hundred, negative fifty, negative sixty five, negative fifty-five, negative ninety, and those are all losses today. You don't even want to see the losses. If we were to go total return, oh my god, negative fourteen hundred, negative four ninety, negative five twenty, negative seven forty two, negative twelve hundred. It's just a mess. Luckily Most of my options don't expire for a couple months, if not years. So I'm just going to hold on to those. But I'm really just sitting on the sidelines here waiting for things to tick up. Definitely, definitely, definitely keep at least a 1000 to $2,000 cash on the side for when this happens again. Because this is like, this is a really good opportunity to get on some puts. I actually have two Tesla puts that expire on March 12th. and They haven't been doing so well since I bought them, but Now since the massive tech sell-off and Tesla's literally plummeting It's starting to see a little bit of a little bit of light. Uh, I only got an $8 return today I'm still down $342 negative 85% on Tesla so uh, Maybe in a couple of weeks uh, I'll be able to break even I my break even price for tesla is $298. I do not think tesla will drop that low. My price target, honestly, let's go 450. 450 sounds about right. So, <sighs> oh man, it's it's bad. I it's bad. everything everything is being affected. I'm looking at real estate, it's down. Airlines down, streaming down. Oh, Vicom's oh, up. Vaccine down. Index funds, all of them, VOO, DIA, VTI, and SPY, all down. Food, Starbucks well, Starbucks is never up, let's be honest. LiDAR, down. Self-driving, Apple, Laser, Tesla, Neo, NVIDIA, all down. But, you know, when the market's down, we go on a buying spree, if you have the capital. Or just pull out some margin, if you want to be a little bit risky. This is not financial advice, by the way, I'm not a financial advisor, I am just bond, Jin. Okay, Um, I think that's enough of the stock market for right now. We're going to get into a little bit more business news. Our good pal Jay-Z is just killing it. We actually talked about him on the last episode. We were talking about how he sold his champagne company for a cool $300 million. And Jay-Z is back with another deal. This time, Jay-Z sells majority stake of title to Square, of all people. And these two deals boosted his net worth 40%. So Jay-Z is definitely doing all right. This is according to our friends over at Pitchfork. Jay-Z sells majority stake in title to Jack Dorsey's company, Square. Do not ask me why Jack Dorsey would buy Square. He does a lot of things that don't make sense to me. But apparently he knows something that we don't. I am very against music streaming as an investment because I don't see how it can make any money because they have to pay a lot of the money to record labels. I've been saying for years that Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, they should all act as record labels. But they kind of screwed themselves, at least Spotify did in the beginning when Spotify was trying to get its foot off the ground, in order to gain access to these artists to play their songs for free, they had to sell off equity in their company to the record labels. So Spotify kind of has its hands tied there and the record label will always be making money. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into this article from Pitchfork la 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 da, da da square the digital payment company run by twitter ceo jack dorsey has acquired jay-z's streaming platform title as part of the deal jay-z will move to square's board of directors and Tidal's artist owners will continue to co-own the platform as the second largest group of shareholders upon his well-publicized acquisition of the service in 2015 from the norwegian company company aspiro jay-z bought the broad artists including kanye west Nicki minaj madonna lil wayne Jay cole plays Chris Martin, Arcade Fires, Wynn Butler, and Regine Chassain, Rihanna, Jack White, Daft Punk, and others. Their stakes in the company and their financial windfalls from the sale were not made public. Last December, Bloomberg reported that the possibility that Square would buy Tidal. Today, a press release confirms that Square expects to pay a mixed cash and stock of $297 million for a significant majority ownership stake. Tidal will operate independently within Square, according to the press release. Z. The title remains a platform that supports artists at every point in their careers. Artists deserve better tools to assist them in their creative journey. Jack and I have had many discussions about title's endless possibilities that have made me even more inspired about its future. This shared vision makes me even more excited to join the square board. And this partnership will be a game changer for many. I look forward to this all new, this all new chapter of to offer. Dorsey added, it comes down to one simple idea, finding new ways for artists to support their work. New ideas are found at intersections, and we believe there's a compelling one between music and the economy. I knew Title was something special as soon as I experienced it and will continue to be the best home for music, musicians, and culture. The Twitter CEO elaborated in a Twitter thread, adding, Given what Square has been able to do for sellers of all sizes and individuals through Cash App, we believe that we can now work for artists to see the same success for them and us. We're going to start small and focus on the most critical needs, artists, and their fan bases. Okay, um, let's unpack this a little bit. I still do not know how Tidal makes any money. Why Jack Dorsey will pour $297 million into a platform that is incapable of creating any profit is beyond me because I know for a fact if Spotify isn't making any money and Tidal's not making any money because Tidal has... how many? Tidal number of users... Tidal has... Uh, I don't even know how many... How many users on Tidal? See, I can't even find the number. It's probably something ridiculously small. Had a million eight hundred fifty thousand 850,000 in March 2016, so that was four years ago. But if I look at Spotify number of users, I bet you, bam, 345 million, it comes up, because they're not afraid to hide that number. Spotify has been doing some weird things with their capital in the past. They poured, what, a hundred million dollars into, they poured a hundred million dollars into Joe Rogan. Is he bringing any subscribers? Probably not. They had a deal with Joe Budden, that really didn't go anywhere. So Spotify seems more focused on the podcast space, Title more focused on the music space. But Square is focused on the finance space, so I don't really in my opinion, I really don't think that was a good deal. I have spoken about my my I don't I don't I don't know what to think about Jack Dorsey, he's all over the place. He's also the founder and CEO of Twitter. Um, as well as Square, so he's the CEO of two major companies, but also he wants to live in Africa, so I really think that, me personally, I really think he should focus on one thing, but anyway, congrats to Jay-Z, and congrats to all of the already rich shareholders that were in that offer, Jay-Z, J. Cole, Daft Punk, uh, looking at you, do you remember when that came out and that like a a bunch of bad press because everyone was like yo all these artists are disconnected from you know so yeah yeah that is (laughs) that is that news so we're gonna go ahead and end this first trimester with that and we'll be right back after the break with some more fantabulous business news peace out Going into conversation about whatever is appropriate at the time. I am Bon Ricker is not with us today. He is somewhere else doing some other stuff. But the show must go on. Dr. Seuss is in the news yet again. Six Dr. Seuss books are being pulled from publication for racist images. This is according to the Associated Press. Let's dive in. Uh, Six Dr. Seuss books, including And I Think I Saw It on Mulberry Street and If I Ran the Zoo, I remember those books very well, will stop being published because of racist and insensitive imagery, the business that preserves and protects the author's legacy, said Tuesday. These books portray people in ways that are harmful and wrong, Dr. Seuss Enterprises told the Associated Press in a statement that coincided with the late author and illustrator's birthday. Ceasing sales of these books is only part of our commitment and our broader plan to ensure Dr. Seuss Enterprise, Dr. Seuss Enterprises' catalog represents and supports all communities and families, it said. The other books affected are Negeliot's Pool and On Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Egg Super, and The Cat's Quizzer. The decision to cease publication and sales of the books was made last year after months of discussion, the company which was founded by Seuss's family told Associated Press. Dr. Seuss Enterprises' listened, and took feedback from our audience, including teachers, academics, and specialists in the field as part of our review process. We worked with a panel of experts, including educators, to review our catalog of titles. And, And to think I saw it on Mulberry Street, an Asian person is portrayed wearing a conical hat, holding chopsticks, and eating from a bowl. If I ran as it includes a drawing of two barefoot Asian African men wearing what appear to be grass skirts with the hair tied above their heads. Books by Dr. Seuss, born Theodore Seuss-Giesel from Springfield, Massachusetts on March 2, 1904, have been translated into dozens of languages, as well as in Braille, and are sold in more than 100 countries. He died in 1991. He remains popular, earning an estimated $33 million before taxes in 2020, up from $9.5 million five years ago, the company said. Forbes listed on as number two as the highest-paid dead celebrities of 2020, only behind the late pop star Michael Jackson. Within hours of Tuesday's announcement, Dr. Seuss books filled more than half of the top 20 slots on Amazon's bestseller list. Mulberry's um, Cheating If I Ran the Zoo were on the list along with Oh, The Places You'll Go, Green Eggs and Ham, and others still being published. Um So yeah, apparently these books are going for a lot on eBay. But this reminds me of another scenario that's actually going on with Disney and some of their older films like... Dumbo, pinocchio and maybe something else where they do have some uh content that isn't very 2021 friendly but they're not they're taking another route instead of literally pulling the film from their streaming services they are putting a disclaimer at the beginning that says yo we know this stuff was racist back then and it's racist now uh we don't condone it but we think it will be an excellent teaching opportunity um I guess the route Dr. Seuss has taken is just just as good. I mean, a book is a little bit different than a movie, but, you know, it's easier to put a disclaimer on a film than to reprint a bunch of books, so maybe this might have been the best course of action. A lot of these books, which by the way, usually sell for a couple dollars, are now selling on eBay for about $200, and eBay is pulling them down. So if you want to get these racist Dr. Seuss books, you might have to look elsewhere. If you have some in your house, you might want to keep them because they might be good collector's items in the future. Or if you need some money, just go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, go ahead and sell. All right. Moving on. This is an interesting story from LA Times about, oh, excuse me, our good home, California. you know, um, we've been talking about a California exodus happening last year with record high taxes, record high prices, and record high homeless, especially in Los Angeles. But this um, article from the LA Times kind of disputes what we've been saying. The title is Californians aren't leaving the state in mass, but they are leaving San Francisco. Now, I... I do not like San Francisco. It is incredibly crowded, incredibly cold, and incredibly expensive. Now, people are like, yeah, places are expensive, you know, rent's expensive. San Francisco is so noticeably expensive, it's not even funny. Like, it's not even a joke. A burger there is $16. $16. It's like, it's, it's ridiculous. And the disconnect there is crazy because the minimum wage there is higher, so everybody's used to spending that money. So when you go and visit, it's definitely a culture shock. You know, it's definitely a slap in the face. Let's dive into this article. The number of COVID, uh, the number of Californians leaving the Bay Area has increased during the COVID nineteen pandemic, particularly from SF, according to a new study released Thursday. Despite suggestions of a California exodus to other states in recent months, most who leave the region do not move far, though many Sierra counties saw a large influx of migrants from San Francisco compared to 2019. The share of residents leaving the state has grown since 2015, from 16 to 18%, a trend that continued in 2020 with no marked increase, the report from the nonpartisan California policy Lab said. Oh excuse me. While a mass exodus from California clearly didn't happen in 2020, the pandemic, the pandemic did change some historical patterns. For example, fewer people moved into the state to replace those who left, Natalie Holmes, research fellow at the California Policy Lab, said in a statement. At the county level, at the county level however, San Francisco is experiencing a unique and dramatic exodus, which is causing 50% or 100% increases in area in-migration for some counties in the Sierras. Since the beginning of the pandemic, net domestic exits from the Bay Area have increased 178% compared to pre-pandemic trends with a nine percent increase in departures and a twenty-one percent decrease in interest from the last three quarters of twenty twenty relative to the same period of twenty nineteen, according to the study. During the last three quarters of twenty twenty, San Francisco saw the largest percentage of increase in residential exits in any county in the state. In the second through the fourth quarters of 2020, exits from San Francisco were one percent higher than during the same period in 2019. Long story short, San Francisco sucks. Why would anybody live there if they can work remotely? Go live in Phoenix for a fifth of the price, literally. Or LA. Even LA is cheaper. Um, a lot of people are talking about moving, moving out of LA for the reasons that I talked about previously. But um, I think I'm going to stay. Because, besides from a little shaky-shaky every now and again, and homelessness, and super high taxes, LA's pretty perfect. The weather is just always phenomenal. You know, it sucks when you live in a place where the weather constantly works against you. When the weather is just always on your side, just going to work, like, leaving the house sucks in general. But if the weather's shitty, like, that just makes it worse, you know? So... Uh, I am definitely looking into buying some real estate in Los Angeles in the next couple of years. So I'm going to probably stay here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. A little bit of tech news going on. Fossbook. Fossbook, Fossbook. Always remember that you are the product. Facebook. This is according to Wired. Facebook's new AI it teaches itself to see with less human help. Um, most image recognition algorithms require lots of label pictures. This new approach eliminates the need for most of the labeling. Let's hop in. So, most artificial intelligence is built on the foundation of human toil. Peer inside an AI algorithm and you'll find something constructed using data that was curated and labeled by an army of human workers. Now, Fossbook has shown some AI algorithms that can learn to do useful work. With far less human help, the company built an algorithm that learned to recognize objects and images with little help from labels. That is really frightening. The Facebook algorithm, called SEER, for self-supervised, fed on more than a billion images scrapped from Instagram. Remember, I said you are the product. Deciding for itself which objects to look alike. Images with whiskers, fur, and pointy ears, for example, were collected into one pile. And then one algorithm was given a small number of labeled images, including some labeled cats. It was then able to recognize images as well as an algorithm trained using thousands of examples of each object. The results are impressive, said Olga Olga Roskowski, an assistant professor at Princeton University who specializes in AI and computer vision. Getting self-supervised learning to work is very challenging, and breakthroughs in this space have important downstream consequences for improved visual recognition. Ryskowski says it is notable that the Instagram images were not hand-picked to make independent learning easier. The Facebook research is a landmark for an AI approach known as self-supervised learning. As Facebook's chief scientist said, Facebook's chief scientist, Jan LeCun pioneered the machine learning approach known as a deep learning that involves feeding data into large artificial neural networks roughly a decade ago. A deep learning emerged as a better way to program machines to all sorts of useful things such as image classification and speech recognition. But Khan says the conventional approach, which requires training an algorithm by feeding it lots of labeled data, simply won't scale. I've been advocating for the whole idea of self-supervised learning for quite a while. It says long-term progress in AI will come from programs that just watch videos all day and learn like a baby. So, when you're posting those woody pics on Instagram, just know that that data is being fed to feed uh, the algorithm. Um, So all you anti-capitalist people on Instagram, just know that you are part of the problem, especially if you're using Instagram. Remember, you are always the product. Just be aware that when you're looking for validation, you're going to get it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I think that might be all I have for today. It's a little bit difficult to do the podcast by yourself. Um, and I'm also on vacation, so I don't want to be going too hard on this, but yeah, this is the Friday episode. Um, everybody, please have a great safe weekend and Riker and I will be back on Monday with some more fantastic content. Take care. Peace out. Love you.